just turn it. Just turn the mic up. Yes, same. <laughs> hmm. uh, trying to get my AirPods to connect. Give me just a second. I'm just not doing great. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's fine. I'm trying to. <laughs> okay. okay. Can I hear you now? Okay. Okay. Hello. Hello. I still can't hear you. Dang it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, it's okay. One of those mornings. Maybe I just do the computer audio. That will fix it. iMac microphone. Oh, that's the speaker. No wonder. Okay. How about now? Okay. I'm okay. hearing something. All right. I switched. That was my problem. Okay. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. We're all here now. Yeah. So sorry. No, I don't even have my eyeballs in yet, but I am here. <laughs> you're fine. How are you doing? Enough about me and my scatteredness. How are okay. you? Well, I'm just as scattered, so it's okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just as scattered these days, like just as my dog woke me up twice this morning. Oh, um, no. Three. It's because I don't know if you have an issue with this, but like when we take my dog out into the into any wooded area she finds a stick and she starts chewing on it and then she ends up with a stomach oh. ache and I can never oh. get him away fast enough so Got she it. woke me up at three okay. I I scratched her head and she went back to sleep and then she woke me up at like seven on the dot and I was still really tired so I got up and mm -hmm. took her out and here she comes um, <laughs> here she comes my Maggie um yeah, and, right here too. and like I immediately went back to sleep after I took her out this morning so it's just been gotcha. it's it's been one of those weeks I've had uh 11 12 hour days oh my goodness this week. yeah it, there hasn't been any like work done on coaching or anything this week it's I'm just trying to get my my old CFO out the door so I can yes so we can move on um how does life get so busy so fast man no it really does well at the end of the year end of the like the calendar year always is like mm -hmm. it's really intense in September October and then November December it's um well, it's mostly, it's like holidays mixed with work. And it's like, mm -hmm. so everybody's scrambling to do this stuff now. It's like, oh, I get it, but give yeah. us a break. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot. And, um, I, I appreciate your flexibility with me yesterday. So, yeah, um, I, I went to bed Friday and I saw that you had rescheduled it and I'm like, okay, that's fine. No big deal. Then I wake up Saturday morning and Charles is like, your parents called and your grandparents, of course, are here and they want to get dinner at five. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. So this just like got switched before I realized what had happened. And I'm like, That's okay. could have been better communication amongst all parties involved, but that's yeah, but you okay. Know, life happens. <laughs> yeah. Life happens. You deserve yeah. to like, it. I, I know I've canceled because of migraines and other things. And it's like, yeah, it's flexibility is yeah not always and 
So then last night I fell we fell asleep on the couch at like 8 30 because we're boring old grown-ups. Right. And so then I woke up around 10 or 10 30 and all the lights are on and there's still like background music playing on the TV and blah blah blah. And I'm like, Charles, should we go to bed? And he's like, fine. So we go to bed and we I fell asleep before I could even turn off like my night stand light. Yeah. So the light like... was on. And then I woke up at like two and I realized things were still on and I'm like. <laughs> just not doing so well. So you I turned that work. light off, and like the morning was just a continuous pattern of that. So. Yeah, it, it, it's like that. Yeah, no, it's just it, feeling we, it. Yeah. yeah, feeling the feeling the strain, feeling the stress yeah. of, of it all. So yeah, interesting. just piling up. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, what would you like to do then with our scattered brain our time scattered together? <laughs> <laughs> um. I guess let's talk through kind of like, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but uh, just kind of first off some disclaimer. I didn't, my raise did not come this okay. pay period. I was hoping it would um, okay. check my pay check though. And it's, it's still the exact same. So my raise hasn't come okay. yet. So I'm not really sure what we'll be. Unfortunately, I'm not okay. sure what we'll be working with uh, yet for the final okay. amount for at least the end of this year. I'm assuming I haven't seen the memo yet uh, from our HR department and payroll. I'm assuming it's probably either going to be November. Mm-hmm. Um, we were dealing with a government shutdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, I mean, it didn't actually happen, but it was, I'm sure that's why payroll delayed it because we were at risk of actually shutting down. Right. And I, that happens a lot in where I work because working for the government, you have to deal with that, like their debt ceiling bullshit all the time, which is a whole nother conversation I could get into about like how that is really like just the biggest political BS. And it has nothing, like it really hurts a lot of people, but there's no rhyme or reason behind it aside from just political players trying really hard to throw their weight around and disrupt things to make the other person look bad (laughs) in a nutshell. (laughs) So, um, anyway, and so, so what we were going to talk about for this session was looking at kind of how to get comfortable, Mm -hmm. um, with, I, I have spent when it comes to debt and when it comes to credit card usage and stuff like that, I pay fairly large amounts, if not the whole thing mm-hmm. off of my debts. I've been used to that. The problem with that will be is going forward when I move out, mm-hmm. my money will be stretched a lot thinner. Right. Um, there will be services that will go away and there will be things that I will be cutting, cutting down on. Um, we're still continuing the uh, savings of a thousand dollars a month. And I actually, um, my high yield savings account just went from 2% to 2.5. So that was kind of a nice, nice, uh, reward there. So that's still ongoing. Um, with those, um, dividend deposits, you could just like get a cup of coffee every month. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly right. I'm just going to leave it there, but yes. (laughs) That's how um, I feel about mine too. So I look at that. I'm like, yeah, I'm halfway to a grande. <laughs> I know. I'm like halfway to it, exactly. It, we probably get better rewards from a credit card than we probably do for that. But it's like long term. Yes. It'll be nice to have that extra. Um, sure. So, 
there's free that money, spray money it's just kind yes. of like i know wish it was more you know i know like what would it would take like 12 percent. like you'd have to have a 12 percent um yeah that'd be nice but no one will do that no one will do that no bank will do that to lose money on it by giving us that um maybe someday we'll see uh so the discussion is about moving forward like how to really kind of get I need to get my head around getting comfortable with not being able to you know if you're paying let's say it's 2500 a month let's say let's say I get the extra 100 and 150 to make it a full like a straight six currently I'm like 500 5,000 and some change. Okay. So if I get the extra 150 that kind of pulls it into the full full 6,000, I have to think about things that I have that are set in stone, like loan payments and things like that, that have to be paid on time. There are specific amounts. It's usually a thousand off the top. And then if I continue with the if I continue with $1,000 into savings every month, it's another thousand off the top, which in reality. So, one second, I'm gonna do my own math because I'm like trying to, so if we start with 6,000 minus two grand off the top, we're ending up with about, we're ending up with four grand and then taking, let's say 2,500 off the top of that just for rent. There's only 1,500 right. left of that. Now. Right you can't, I have to pay other bills. I have to pay cell phone. I have to pay car insurance. I have to pay. And then all the utilities that I haven't been paying. So internet, um, water, gas, all those things, which might not be that much depending, but I don't know yet. It's like, you can't know until you get there. And then it's groceries and things like that. Now, um, the pro the so yes there's very little money left over now I'd have I likely as I'm looking at this like yeah I probably would have to cut my my uh savings stuff in half to get some of that money back Mm -hmm. Uh, because in order to you have to still have to live you still have to pay for groceries you have to have that Mm -hmm. somewhere Mm -hmm. um And as much as I would love to, I mean, I, the, the hope is to have another form of income in addition to this, but we're not there yet because we're trying to, we're trying to build it. So that's got to get off the ground before I can, I'm not going to count that before it's there. So what I'm dealing with is six grand and I'm just trying to figure out essentially how to pay continually pay off that that debt without Mm -hmm. putting myself into more debt um and also without like I'm trying to get out of the mindset of I I'm very like when you file for bankruptcy you get really there's a lot of anxiety around debt after that like I have a lot of anxiety because of filing for bankruptcy it was a really scary Mm -hmm. um demoralizing situation to be in Mm -hmm. and so now 
I, I'm like, okay, the suggestion would be is to pay the minimum plus whatever else you can pay. So it's like you pay over the amount. Well, but that's still, if your balance is high, that's really tough to do unless you pay one at a time. So I, I, it's, I think I have a lot of thoughts going on in my head of like, how am I going to deal with this? Mm-hmm. Um, I do my best to not spend on it. And sadly, a lot of the extra expenses have to do with the fact that I am dealing with a lot of medical expenses out of pocket. And in most cases, they get paid for in cash, mm-hmm. but sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. And several of these things several of these financial burdens will have to go away. It's um, quite devastating that they will, but until I, I can bring in another thousand somewhere, thousand more like a couple thousand to, to cover those costs, I, they will have to be on the back burner until that happens. Okay. So. I see from that two or three different concepts or thoughts or even a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. One, your raise that is still hopefully coming down the road, yeah. but we're not sure when. How much of an increase would that be to your income? It was, it was a 3.8% increase to my income. Okay. I'm I so because I write off my medical care, um, mm-hmm. I put about 25k to write off, I won't get all of it, but I, that's how much I put because I tend to have to, I have to have more cash instead of letting the federal government take so much out of my paycheck because can't live off of it. Right. Um, So it was 3.8% raise, which was going to bring me. So right now I'm at 80, 81,000, uh, a, a month before taxes. And so it was supposed to go up to 84 and some change. I'm kind of fuzzy at the numbers. I saw them. So I know what it will be. I just don't know what it will be after taxes and, and health insurance and pension and all those things come out of it. So I'm estimating it might be less than that. If it's less than that, then we have to really consider. Okay. And you have how much in savings? I have sadly because another bill came up I have three grand in savings it's not a lot except I really wanted to start putting like I would really love to put about 15 percent of my paycheck into savings account if I could financially handle it that is not realistic um it's a nice idea Mm -hmm. But with how things, well, that's not true, actually. So I could, however, I'd be living in my parents' house for another year. Right. And that's not going to work. Yeah. So that's, that's the problem. It's like, yes, I could do that. Um, It would bring my, it would help me recoup things a little bit faster. Um, And, but yes, I would have to live with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even looked okay. at like start looking at housing unfortunately that is still like in my area because I found that it's slightly cheaper mm-hmm. 
um, and slightly more space depending on the place. Mm -hmm. uh, but then that's another set of, it's, it's a kind of a, it's a catch 22 here because in the reality is, is that even if I go cheaper, there's a, an expense that goes up. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, if I stay in the North Bay where I live right now, and I find a place that's cheaper, that's let's, let's say $600 a month cheaper. Mm -hmm. That's pretty decent. Um, the unfortunate thing is I still am commuting an hour. Mm -hmm. I'm still having to fill up my gas tank um, twice a week because of the fact that uh, it will take me an hour to get there and use up gas a lot faster because of how much we have to drive. So, right. um, so there's, there's that. that increase in cost. Yes. And it also keeps the added stress of like, I have to get up at five 30 in the morning to get to work on time mm -hmm. on, on the days that I have to commute. So that's, that's another part of it. Mm -hmm. So that's an option. It's not, it's not an option I want, but it is, it is an option if I had to save money. Um, put money back into my pocket, um, at least temporarily. Mm -hmm. uh, so the other... we're, we're having kind of a rock and a hard place of yeah. focus on what you have and the resources you have and yeah. squeeze the blood from that turnip as much as we can in order to have money and savings and be able to pay debt down somewhat. Yeah. Okay. And it's very possible then if we do that in terms of your time and emotional bandwidth, that's all you'll be able to do versus trying to throw coaching in there on top of it. Yeah. That's a, just yeah, because of your time. Right. So, or we get more comfortable maybe with having less money, mm -hmm. holding on to debt a little bit longer, but finding ways to maximize your time so that you can do more coaching. Yes, I can do more coaching and that I could actually have some sustainable extra income coming later with more right. time into it. Yeah. yeah so. And I think that would also mean down the road when you do have coaching and you're making that part of your life and as a way to make extra money, you may need to look at how do I get comfortable with charging a whole lot more? Yeah, because just financially speaking, in order to put food on the table, I can't be charging a hundred bucks an hour. It's got to be more than that, right? Yeah, um, yes. more high ticket offer versus mm -hmm. a burnout offer. As coaches are really good at doing, if I'm going to charge a hundred bucks an hour, <laughs> you would need like fifty clients a month to make that feasible, right? So yeah, looking at, and most of us won't get yeah. that. I mean, we'll yes. be lucky if we get maybe four, maybe six clients a month, which is honestly, right. that's a lot of clients because if we're right. spending an hour and then right. 30 minutes after 30 minutes, maybe another hour kind of dictating right. and giving right. them a plan. Right. Yeah. It's a lot. So, and all the other admin work and marketing and all the other stuff that comes with building a coaching business or practice, not just the solid coaching. That's right. So you're exactly. wanting to make money to make that work. If you have five or six clients a month, there's a difference between we have five, five clients, let's say times four mm -hmm. sessions. So 20 times a hundred, $2,000 a month mm -hmm. yeah. versus if you charge each client, let's say for eight weeks, 5k. Yeah. That's a different story, right? Very that's different right. story. Mm -hmm. I think I'm, you know, it, it depends on how you obviously depends on how you sell it. It depends on what your 
you're trying to accomplish with each client. But yeah, the eight weeks versus the, I don't think I could sell it on a single. Mm-hmm. I've thought about this a lot because you have to think about it in signature as well. And I don't think I can sell it on a, like a once in, once in a while or every, you know, mm-hmm. charge them on an hourly basis until they don't want to work with me anymore. Cause that is really, it is true that the, they invest more. If somebody yes. pays something large upfront, they're going to yes. actually show up. Yes. It's just like us yes. when we start working with journey. We paid a pretty hefty sum to work mm-hmm. with Journey, um, now Lumia. And the same goes yeah. for any courses we take for marketing and, and business, right. business requirement courses. Because right. we, uh, yeah, if you invest that much time and money, mm-hmm. you you reap the dividends because you show up for it. If that's the person or if you're not the person, if you're somebody that just likes to throw money around, great. Most of us are not those people. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's actually in the better interest of the client if you're working with the right person and that comes with doing the work to figure out who is the person I'm helping, right? Mm -hmm. But if they show up and they're willing to invest that money, it's in their best interest because it calls them up to really invest their time into it and so they get better results. Yeah. Um, it's also, mm-hmm. Go ahead. it also helps you, right. Be able to pay for your expenses plus reinvest more into your program so that you can help more people. Yeah. Right. That's- so it's a, it's a win-win is, but it's kind of gross. You know, we as coaches are not good at that. of like, well, I'd give it away for free if I could. I know. And I, yeah. But because you want to help people. Right. But how do we help them most effectively may be meaning saying no, maybe meaning having tough conversations with people yeah, having like tough or getting, getting comfortable with uncomfortable feelings or at least holding space for that. Well, so. and then also like, if you get to the point where you are having enough full-time paying clients and you can make room for those clients that you're like, Hey, I know you don't make this much, but I can offer this mm-hmm. at a discounted rate for at least a couple of sessions and see where we get. And then you can decide, but that's like, mm-hmm. that's something you can only do when there is a normal flow of money coming in right. from working with regular clients. And, and I also know too, of like, I had to think about this the other day when, cause it, the, the fog of like, Oh, I want to start making money. Okay. Yeah. But here's the other thing, the caveat of that. You also have to be mindful that that money that you get from them, mm-hmm. you should not be like spending it straight out right either. Because if they decide that they don't mm-hmm. want to do this anymore, they don't like you, like your return policy has to be in place. So you mm-hmm. have to make sure that that money is safely put somewhere mm-hmm. that you're not like, oh God, I like, I need it for whatever expense. And then it gets shipped away. And then you have to may have to reimburse somebody. And I hope I never have mm-hmm. to do that. We both hope we never have to do that, but it is, that is a reality. And we've been prepared for that. Now we could potentially mitigate that though. If we say something uncomfortable, like there are no refunds. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Say there are no refunds. We can say, uh, you have 30 days to decide. Mm -hmm. And if in 30 days, you still want to continue. Yeah, that's great. But if you, if you say you don't want to, then you have the 30 days, but I will take off a portion of it 
Mm-hmm. That's right. probably likely what I'm going to say is um, I will reimburse you for whatever was not used. Mm-hmm. Essentially, like if I spent 30 days with you, if I spent mm-hmm. four weeks with you, I'm taking mm-hmm. the four weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will not get a full refund mm-hmm. for my time. That's just not it. Um, <clears throat> so, but that will yeah. have to be, I'm still writing that up, but that will have to be right. Clear. Uh, but that that kind of comes back though to our conversation of squeeze the blood from the turnip mm-hmm. or be comfortable with having or as comfortable as we can right perhaps with gritted teeth of yeah. maybe I'm going to hold some debt for a while yeah <laughs> maybe things are not going to be as tight as I want but I'm inv- I'm trying to create space to have time to do the coaching mm-hmm. so that I can because that's that's almost a part-time three-quarter full-time job just doing yeah. that right so it's time for money you know which one yeah. which one gets us closer to our goal and or which one are we more comfortable with or are we willing to do or not do and that's up to you right yeah I, I'm I'm leaning towards I think it would be a good exercise for me to get comfortable with mm-hmm. the debt and break through that anxiety that knee-jerk anxiety that has come with just feeling like, oh God, I can't, can't have any days. Like, well, that's fine. But um, you're, everybody, it's kind of like, I have to remind myself that everybody goes through this phase. My parents are going through it right now. Like, and, but I get my, I get my money sensibilities half from my mother and half from my father, but the anxiety part about debt and paying things off is from my dad, mm-hmm. which is also not, I will say in a caveat, it's not always the best. That isn't always the best way. My dad has put my family mm-hmm. into the hole because he's been so anxious mm-hmm. about money. Um, you know, overdrafting on your account because you paid off your credit card in full, but you didn't have enough money in your bank account for your mortgage payment doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. and having to rely on your children mm-hmm. or your mortgage payments which mm-hmm. are like cutting it really close when really reality wise you should be actually relying on your children for maybe your credit card payments or things that are not due on the first mm-hmm. so there's I, I'm lucky I went through like this they make you go through a whole long education mm-hmm. um, about finance mm-hmm. when you have to go through this process so I have had some education, but I do think it will be tough. And this is kind of what I would need help help with of just pushing mm-hmm. me to like, hey, calm down. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard for a bit, but mm-hmm. the end goal is worth mm-hmm. so much more than this discomfort that you're feeling right now. Like, oh, I don't like having credit card debt. No one does. Who does? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, as long as your bills are paid, um, mm-hmm. because the reality is, is that I do pay large sums mm-hmm. on my credit cards, but I do map them out based on how many bills have hit the credit cards that are like allotted for. So there's cash mm-hmm. going in there for that. It's the mm-hmm. extra. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to have a balance on my credit cards for a bit. Not all of them because mm-hmm. some, some have been paid off, but yes. Several of them will have balances on them and they just have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
it's an so, exercise in it. Yeah. I have a thought for you. Yes. If you had to personify money, let's mm -hmm. say anthropomorphize money, just to use a big fancy word. Um, and you had to have a conversation with money. Money, you freak me the fuck out. <laughs> okay. Or money, I don't like you. <laughs> you That's make me stressed. <laughs> right? Money, why do you have so much power over me? Right? Things like that. Like, what would you say if you could have a conversation with money about money? This is how you make me feel. Yeah. Let's say money you and I are not friends <laughs> um we are not friends you make you give me anxiety because my parents my parents made it very clear that without money life falls apart and they've drilled that in my head my whole life so I am not afraid of you but I don't like that I can't get by without you that there never seems to be enough of you um and that the culture of society around you is so toxic and so anxiety inducing that no matter how hard I try to get ahead and become more successful, it's you are this outlier that can make or break my success by just a simple um, incorrect uh, investment or transaction or I, and I, or anything that causes you to suddenly disappear, suddenly be drained. Yeah. And I don't like you. <laughs> now, if you wanted to have a different relationship with money, what kind of relationship would you want to have with money instead of what you have right now? I would like to be in a place where it didn't, no matter what I was making, that money didn't seem, there wasn't this mentality about scarcity. Mm -hmm. I know that, uh, I will tell you my first experience with fear and money was, um, I was a high school student. I had a credit card bill to pay. And I um, was getting ready to go into college and I had $900, it's like $900 to pay off. God, I would go back to those days in the heartbeat, $900 to pay off. Um, but that was a lot back then because mm -hmm. um, I was getting ready to go up to college. And I remember it's like, I was at risk of collections. I didn't know what collections was at the time. Um, it wasn't that I hadn't been paying it, but I had to suddenly, like nobody told me you can make payments. Like my parents didn't educate me on any of that stuff. So just suddenly like, oh my God, I have to pay off this whole thing. And I remember going online and being like, looking for anything, focus groups, anything that I could do to give, to get extra money before payday. And I just remember the panic. And I remember the the anxiety, like going, like going through this focus group, I didn't want to be at just for a hundred dollars to put towards that credit. And I just remember it's like, I never want to feel like this again. So there's always been this chase of like, don't ever feel like that again. Don't get there. And then I filed for bankruptcy. 
So I was even harder. So where I would like to be, I would like to be of the mindset, the optimistic mindset of money will come no matter what. You work hard, money will come. And we don't spend based on fear that we'll never have enough. Mm-hmm. We spend knowing that these things are things we need and the and uh, life goes on. Some And some months you won't be able to get what you want, but other months you'll be fine. And it's having a more, not relaxed, because relaxed sounds like complacent and maybe lazy about it. It's more of, I would like to not have anxiety that all my money is going to disappear. I'm going to wake up with nothing. Um, and that my whole world's going to fall apart. Now, realistically, it could. But you can't live life like that either. Because that's also where that emotional spending comes from. Mm-hmm. That thing of like needing a cup of coffee from a coffee shop every day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, spending on your credit card because you you need something instead of having saved for it, like needing a haircut, things like that. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's where I want to be. Or more importantly, of like if you pay something off, it can't be everything. You can't pay off the whole thing at once. It's like you have to do one at a time. If that's what you have money to afford, do one at a time. Not um, not just taking every ascent that you have and throwing it at, throwing it at. Now, it, yeah, I mean, I can go back and forth in my own head. Like it's very easy for my my brain's arguing with me right now, so I'm gonna stop talking because <laughs> it will create these arguments in the head of like, but that's not right, and it's like, yeah. So we're gonna stop. <laughs> Okay. Well, your brain is arguing with you and I know you wanted to stop, but I'm going to ask an uncomfortable question. Yeah. And you don't have to answer right away, but just something to think about. Let's say in your exact situation right now, so you still live in your parents' house and Mm -hmm. your money is exactly the way it is. And tomorrow you have no job. You have no more income. Yeah. What is the worst case scenario? for you right now with your finances what would be worst case scenario oh um all the the loans the loan payments that's the worst case scenario those are the things that's like uh i look at unemployment and everything Mm -hmm. um and those being it's not a, it's not technically a grand. It's about, I think I, I put a grand in the account that they come out of just in case like something else comes out of it, but it's, it's about 800 and some change. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the basics of like rent. Mm-hmm. I, my dad doesn't care that you're unemployed. My dad wants his rent, which is in its own right, really fucked up. Um, it's he thinks of it as the real world. It's like Ashley, you could cut me a break. I've been your daughter, and I've you cut me a break for two months while I look for another job. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah the loans the loans are the biggest um and that's just because I'm trying so hard to to rebuild my credit Mm -hmm. can't afford to default on any of those now Mm -hmm. in fairness I'll be honest with you because I've been unemployed before and I am quite resourceful Mm-hmm. I would do something as like go and work for Lyft or something like that. Mm-hmm. If I lost my job today, mm-hmm. I go work for Lyft. I know something that works, that makes money. Mm-hmm. I could help at least put some other income on on the table to pay for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Would it give me everything? Absolutely not. But at least it would. It'd be slightly more than um. Unemploy- it'd be a lot more than unemployment because mm-hmm. I know how much I can make with that mm-hmm. so is there anything else you could do uh not necessarily work but again with your situation you you know you can go drive for lift mm-hmm. your dad still wants his money is there anything else you could do to make that situation a little bit more bearable I don't know to be honest with you that sounds weird but I actually don't know um because I'm trying to think of like how how things behave here. I mean, I don't have I don't have anything to sell or salvage. It's hard when you don't own anything. I mean, I don't even own my car. I could sell the car, but that also makes it hard to find another go and find another job. Um, uh, yeah, it's I, I actually don't know. I don't have an answer to that. And I'll have to think about that because I do not know. Okay. Or go find some answers, right? Yeah. Um, go find some answers of what could happen if. Um, you may be I, able to reach out to some of your creditors and be like, hey, I just lost my job. It's very important to me that I want to pay my bills. Is there some type of arrangement we could come to, to maybe yeah. reduce my payments, defer a couple of payments, something for at least a little while until I could find a job? Yeah can always talk to him Mm -hmm. um I think I've never I've approached that once in my life and it didn't go very well um yeah when I was when I was on um workers compensation I did approach that and they kind of gave me the finger (laughs) so um it just depends on the creditor some if you get the right person on the right day might work with them um they they stand more to make more money working with you than they do working with you yeah yeah you think right (laughs) yeah you would think but sometimes in my limited experience with it yeah yeah um yeah but they also see the bankruptcy on my record Mm -hmm. and a lot of times they don't want to work with you because you filed bankrupt gone bankrupt before so but it doesn't hurt to ask, right? You it doesn't hurt to ask because no. you do your due diligence. Yeah. That way, if someone comes up and it's like, I did try to work with these people. I didn't want to get myself in this situation. You know, I did everything I could, you know? Yeah. It's like, they, I remember a conversation with a creditor back then. They're just like, just pay the minimum. It's like, well, that's hard to do when you don't have enough money to pay anything coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they were just like, just pay the minimum. I was like, yeah, that's. Uh, but paying, but yeah, the paying the minimum keeps them in business. Mm-hmm. Paying the minimum, though, um, 
will keep you in debt for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So is there anybody else you could ask for help? can't ask my parents um I can't I could ask my godfather but I that would be there are a lot of people that that are on the list of like you should be able to ask in my life but in reality I couldn't because it was collateral like real nasty collateral attached to it so it's really um even my godparents they're my godparents for god's sake so it's like that should be a helping hand. I've never asked them for anything. I think the only thing I've asked is my uncle co-signed a loan one time, but the reality was, it's like he had nothing to worry about. I was employed at the time, but he co-signed a loan for me. Um, but they, money in my family is, is a little tough. Anyone outside your family you could ask? Mm-mm. Not at the moment, unless I, unless uh, Mr. Luxembourg coming from Luxembourg. Mr. Uh, Superman. Superman. Yeah, I mean, um, that would be the only person at the moment mm-hmm. that I think I could legit, because he's asked me for help before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've given it. And much smaller amounts, but like mm-hmm. that would be somebody I would ask. I'd probably ask him to help me find a job, maybe more than I'd ask for money. <laughs> I think that tends to be that tends to be my route for things. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. really want handouts. I just kind of want help finding employment. Mm-hmm. I think that's more that's more of my mentality than anything. So okay. I asked that question just so that the idea of worst case scenario isn't necessarily the scary amorphous thing in the back of your mind. Yeah. You've at least said what it is. So you kind of already know if worst case scenario, these are my options, whatever they might be. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's why we're, you know, so that's why I'm so hell bent on getting this emergency fund built is because I don't want to deal with this again. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be hung out to dry with no money again it was yeah um not having a plan at this age at almost 40 is like not really it, not really gonna cut it this time um especially because being sick and having to pay for just the basic necessities of my life would just be it's just tough now if let's say you lost your job tomorrow Mm -hmm. would you be willing to look outside of california for something yeah yes my family wouldn't be happy about it but yes i would okay Um, i'd also be willing to look like fully remote and live wherever um okay yeah so it's that's yes that whole thing of staying in California mm-hmm. is contingent on like I'm, I'm in this job um I'm in this job until I can pull myself pull my coaching practice together mm-hmm. that's really like the hope 
I do not want to do this forever. As you can, I mean, like as for how our conversation started is like the work that goes into being an administrator. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to the point of like, no, I'm, I, I'm doing this because it's a job. It puts food on the table. It puts money in my pocket, puts money in savings. And right now, but for something that like fills up my cup and makes me feel like a whole person, coaching is a lot more of it. And it's a little bit more heartbreaking that I don't get. It's very hard to, to like squeeze in um, what I want um, versus what I have to do. So, right. Right. But finding a way to create the space so you can build a coaching practice that will make the money you need it to make and also be fulfilling. That may mean learning new skills. That may mean expanding in areas we haven't been into before, Mm -hmm. but how do we leverage our resources or how do we change our thinking so that we can do that? Yeah. That's a million dollar question, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of trying Mm -hmm. to figure that part out. And this is where I kind of, my brain, my brain went from being really chatty to like, suddenly like, we don't know. I have an answer. Right. Your brain may not have an answer, but if we put it to task of how do I do this? And also that, yeah, your brain goes to try to find the answer. It may not know, but it's going to be thinking about it because it's not a yes or no. It's how can I do this and that? Yeah. Right. Brain solve for X. <laughs> how yeah, do brain. I X and Y, right? Yeah, um, it may I take some time. So not can I or can I not is not the question. It's how do I? Yeah, do how it? do I? How do I? Where do I put it? Mm-hmm. That's actually a better question. Where do I put it? In the time mm-hmm. that I have, mm-hmm. where can we put this? Mm-hmm. And we've already kind of, I've already tested it to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, poor Noah. Was testing it with Noah for like six months. I was testing it with Noah. We were trying to do a study session every week. It and it worked to some extent, but it was it started to fall apart because mm-hmm. things do um, fell apart on his end, fell apart on my end. But it is finding where and how much time mm-hmm. I devote every day mm-hmm. or several times a week, depending because every day may not be plausible. Some mm-hmm. days they're not attended. To I like me working. My friend said it yesterday. She's like, So are you working four tens? I was like, No, I'm working five tens. <laughs> I'm working five tens. And she's like, What the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, I know. But are she, you hourly or salaried? I'm salaried. But so oh. is she. She's a physical therapist. I'm like, You know, <laughs> she's like, that, Is that legal? Is like, Technically, it is. <laughs> um, if it's, if it's what, what it takes to get the work done yeah it's legal it sucks um it's not technically legal it's it's not illegal because i'm and being paid when you come out of hourly you're just basically being paid to get the job done and that could mean anything and since you work working as Mm -hmm. an assistant Mm -hmm. if i was classified as a personal assistant that would be the norm Mm -hmm. um for you're not set at 40 hours a, a week um, an administrator, administrative assistant, or a senior administrator, executive administrator, they're also not set at 40 hours a week. 
if you have a good workplace, it should be 40 hours a week. Um, but the reality is, is it's not. Uh, I've, I've, I'm lucky though that I've told my, uh, our business manager, who's my supervisor, I'm like, mm -mm. I, I, weekends are not my thing. You're not getting my time. I do coaching. You hired me because I was studying to be a coach. You have to let me do that. And there will be days, like if there's a meeting at five o'clock, I'm going to say no half the time. Um, especially if I don't have to take notes at it. Mm -hmm. If I don't really need to be there. Regardless of your coaching, stop asking me to go to things I don't need to go to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, that's just corporate bullshit 101. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, why is this meeting at five? And nothing needs to be at five o'clock. And I survived a meeting that should have been an email. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, and the thing yeah. is, too, is like, I, the only way a meeting happens at five if, is if I didn't book it. So I shouldn't have to be at it. And the reason I say that is because I have control over like the most of those meetings are in my control because I'm the I'm the yeah. top of the food chain when it comes to the the, the ops team. So it's like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to book a meeting at five. I respect people's time. You should respect it too. No one wants to go to this meeting anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Nothing exactly. productive is going to happen. This meeting. No one's no one's even paying attention. Well, like they people are on their like six cup of coffee by five p.m. and you're telling yeah. them what the fuck. <laughs> so yeah, it's um nobody wants to be in that meeting, but um, but yes, yeah, working five tens. No good. No good. That's also why, like, my lunch break is not sacred either. Mm -hmm. I'm on call. What lunch break? <laughs> I know. That? Well, that's true. Yeah, because I'm on. I may not be at my desk, but mm -hmm. I am on my my work cell. So it's like yes. doesn't matter. People are people are pinging me all the time, so I'm always working. Um, but those are also the days where I would like to get to a point where just being a coach mm -hmm. for the, the sake of like doing something I, I love to do, but also mm -hmm. having the ability to be like, Hey, mm -hmm. um, if I, if I had a migraine or if I, I had a day where I was like, I have a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like crap, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't feel like there was like the whole world would fall apart because mm -hmm. that's how sometimes it does feel in the administrative world especially with the boss that just, I'm, that I'm helping kick out the door right now, kick her out. Um, because that's like, that's somebody who didn't respect, like, I'm at a doctor's appointment. Please don't text me. I'm not a doctor's appointment. I'm getting my blood drawn. Yeah. Very painful. I cannot blood help you deal with it. Yeah, yes. I cannot help with you. And it's like, I put it on my calendar, please fucking respect it. That it says out of office. Mm -hmm. Please respect it. I respect your time. You respect mine, please. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard, but I would appreciate it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. To circle this back then, mm -hmm. as much as I love corporate tangents. Not forever. I know. I hate it so much, but that's not, it's not about me. So, we're coming back to money questions, right? Money mindset questions. And what, 
what's the decision here? And you don't need to make that decision now. But I would offer a couple of thoughts for you to think about, perhaps between now and next week. One, we talked about how you feel about money right now, which is money, I don't like you because it seems like you're never around and you take off when I need you, Yeah. right? The second being, I want to have this relationship with money where I can feel more relaxed and that money is always around and is always going to be there when I need it. Yeah. And I can pick and choose how I, how I apply money to certain things in my life. So my question is, between these two extremes, what do we need to do to get from here to here? What about our thinking do we need to change to go from here to here? Hmm. Good question. What conversations do we need to have with ourselves about money to go from here to here? What beliefs do I have about money that need to change to get from here to here? Yeah. Yeah. Or I know one of those beliefs is like the belief about scarcity is one of them. Okay. So how, what would you change then to go from scarcity to abundant thinking? How would you go about doing that? I feel like the, it's not an answer, but it's like, it feels like I have to let go. I have to stop trying to control it to think that, to, to let go of that mindset. Cause it is about control mm-hmm. it's about control it's about it's changing the mindset to be more kind of like life you have to be able to ride ride the wave mm-hmm. right because scarcity is about everything going it, like the moment things stop going in a straight line mm-hmm. people are people panic mm-hmm. and being able to ride the wave of like sometimes you have a lot of money sometimes you don't have enough sometimes you do it just Mm -hmm. goes and it goes and goes and then Mm -hmm. and sometimes things stay really good for a while and sometimes bottom drops out it's kind of like almost like treating your your money like the stock market in -hmm. some ways kind Mm -hmm. of in the sense of like some days you're up other days it drops Mm -hmm. um and it does that on a regular basis. If you can ride that wave without immediately like pulling everything out and sticking it under your mattress, mm-hmm. which sometimes I look at the uh, look at the stocks I do have, and I'm like, mm-hmm. just don't do anything, <laughs> don't sell, yes. leave it alone. Yes, it's a long game. <laughs> it's a long Close game. the app, run away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. It's like, um. I I invested like two hundred dollars in cryptocurrency because like the lowest of crypto because mm-hmm. there's like things you can get for like fourteen bucks it's like nothing mm-hmm. but it is one of those things like oh no I'm losing money it's like yes you are because it does this every day right. <laughs> it literally goes up and down every single day so yes sit sit down <laughs> um uh, delete the app honestly delete, delete it so delete you can't look at it. Yeah. 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 Now to kind of go back to that question of how do I get from here to here and challenging those money mindsets, right? In the similar way that we can set our brain to task of how can I blah, 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 mm-hmm. right? Your brain is really good at confirmation bias. Yeah. Right. It wants to go find proof that its thinking is correct. 
So if I'm thinking money is never around, it's hard to find and it always leaves me. Yeah. We want to get to money is there and available when I need it. Money is free flowing. Money is positive energy. However you want to think about it. Yeah. What are things in my life or circumstances in my life where that was true? Right. Brain, go back and think and find times where money was more abundant. That might mean challenging some memories. That might mean pulling up stuff we've forgotten is there. But we're trying to tell our brain money is abundant. We have to find proof for our hypothesis first, or your brain's not going to believe it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So where, what are things in my life that have gone well with money? Hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't need to happen today. Just something to think about between now and next week. Yeah. And then my second thought or question, because this is, I think really the core of our coaching together is money mindset, right? Yeah. And how do we do this and work on our coaching and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. What if we need to get really comfortable with the idea very quickly that I need to be charging my clients a lot more than I think I need to? Yeah. Right. What if instead of charging a hundred bucks an hour, we think about charging five grand straight out of the gate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not this idea of I'll work my way up to it because <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. kind of what we all are thinking, right? Oh, I got to earn my keep to get up there. Well, that ain't going to pay the bills, right? <laughs> and maybe if I think, man, I can charge my clients five grand because I can deliver $5,000 of a result or a transformation for them. Yeah. Then yeah, money's abundant. Look at what I can do. Look at how I can change people's lives because this is the social value I'm placing on money that says... Mm-hmm. If you partner with me, I'm going to change your life. And that $5,000 is an investment into your yeah. future. No, that's true. What does that mean to get comfortable with the idea of really charging some good money? Right yeah. out the gate? Well, and for me, it's more of first, just get comfortable charging because I haven't mm-hmm. done that yet, but mm-hmm. I, it's weird. Um, I think I know that that's where I'm headed like I was gonna I was actually gonna start at like 250 300 dollars an hour straight out the gate because of the fact I'm like I know how I also know of like you're exerting all of this energy and time to help someone and I was talking about it yesterday of like mm-hmm. when I do calls with people I'm exhausted mm-hmm. not to go and recharge I'm like I'm going to charge what that energy output is Mm -hmm. that time and energy that goes into it. So I'm comfortable with that. However, I don't have any paying clients yet. Mm -hmm. I, I need, I would like to have a paying client. Mm -hmm. So, but I am, so it's like, I'm comfortable with charging, Mm -hmm. but I also know it's like, you say that, but you got to get one. You have mm-hmm. to actually get somebody to charge. Right. Because now, that's like where people start to. Where and I think getting in front of a client to have that discussion is a separate conversation. Yeah, it's a separate conversation, but. I but, would throw out there for your consideration though. The idea of the energy you spend on a client is valid, but the money you're charging them is about your client's transformation. Yeah. So it's really about how by the time you're done working with me, Miss Miss Perfect Ideal Client, whatever that is, let's say you help people deal with relationship trauma after breaking up with a narcissist, right? Yeah. 
That's a very valid thing. That may be something that is marketable, right? $5,000 gets you from being in the pain you're in to being able to date again and feeling comfortable and safe, yeah. right? How much is that worth? Your energy output and the things you do is part of that cost, but it's really of this much money will change your life. Yeah. Mrs. Client. Yeah. Right. The offer, the price point is for the client. Cause we talked about that before too, of if you charge yeah. this much money, you got the right person in front of you. Mm -hmm. That's how much more results they're going to get. That's how much better this will be for them. If they're willing to show up for that amount of money. Yeah. And how much better they're going to be when they get to the end of that. So that price point really serves them as counterintuitive as that means. Cause yeah, that's money for me to pay my bills and stuff, but that's also money I reinvest into my business to help 15 other women who struggle with the same yeah. thing and be able to go out and date again and feel safe. Right. right. So it's really not about you, even though yeah. it accomplishes those things, mm -hmm. it's really about what serves your client the best, because when you serve them the best, then they'll be like, Oh my God, Eileen's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to go tell everyone I know that she's really great at this thing. And then that money comes to you, right? Because you served your client. Yeah. That was yeah. a little soapboxy. I apologize, but no, I no, but that I, thinking. no, yeah. but you need to challenge that thinking because that's what I mean about the anxiety around money, the anxiety around money in my, with me, uh, changes from what is the reality of how I think versus the, the scarcity mindset, the scarcity mindset thinks only about myself, the person who feels more settled, doesn't think that way. Right. Yep. That's what it is. And so, yes, thank you for challenging that because that is not the person that got into coaching in the first place. That person is speaking right. from fear. Right. So, yeah. And the, the purpose of coaching is to serve, right? Yeah. We're and here so to serve even them. in, yeah. And the way we serve or a uh, sale, sale, sell or market or whatever Mm -hmm. ultimately does come down to serving our client because we're doing a service by them by learning how to get them in front of us and have the right conversation. Yeah. We're serving them by charging them the right amount. That speaks to the value of the transformation you're going to offer them, right? It may feel weird and gross. And these are things I'm dealing with my own self, but it's really to serve them ultimately so that they get the results at the end of working with you that changes their life. Yeah. And, and when you serve, then it's not about me anymore. The ego, the ego's no longer there. When we're serving. Yeah to serve them to help change their life and yeah to not I feel gross that I even said that but it was even about me I do feel gross that's weird this also it's bad it's it's there so you can see it now and recognize yeah. it right and it's until we have those two contrasts in our face it's like oh god now what do I do with this right? How yeah. do I change this? So yeah. Oh, and it's also yeah. too, how do I serve better? You know, it's also a testament yeah. that it's like when you haven't been in the thick of it as often because of time, whatever, being able to coach, mm -hmm. you get out of the mindset of why you do this versus the, right. the possibility of a monetary gain. Right. It's like, that is okay. Right. So I have to get through this last week <laughs> um, so I can go back to a normal working schedule where it's not um, all hell breaks loose. 
Well, the only thing I would ask you then, maybe journal about it, but just ponder those two questions, right? Setting your brain to task of what were times in my life where things were good with money, where I had it, it was okay, right? And things yeah. felt like money could come my way pro- rather easily, right? Yeah. And then the idea of how can I change my thinking so that when I'm creating my coaching practice and helping people, it's at a higher ticket offer because I'm going to help them to a higher level. Yeah. Just thinking about what that would look like for you. Okay. Sounds good. Nothing, nothing's too big or <laughs> intense or important, right? Just, you know, <laughs> just think I, about, you know, some low-key things. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I should have been thinking about the last couple of weeks. So it's not it's okay. You really should say I'm sorry. No, I said it's okay. It's okay. I thought <laughs> no, I didn't apologize. I said it's okay. Don't yeah. don't feel bad, right? We yeah. We come to these points when we're ready to come to these points. Yeah. That's so funny. My, I'm sorry. And it's okay. It's not the same. <laughs> that can't be good. <laughs> why did I, why did I, either that or I need to clean out. I probably need to clean out my ears. That's <laughs> not. I've been having so many hearing malfunctions the past like month that are like that, but like it's <laughs> bordering on inappropriate. Like, what did you say? <laughs> Like, what do you mean? Oh, I thought you said something really horrible and instead you said something harmless. Okay, there's a problem with me. <laughs> I gotta fix it. <laughs> we're all a little, we're all stretched a little bit thin. Our hearing's going. <laughs> it's true, right? Yeah. COVID. Yeah. COVID's messing with my hearing. <laughs> and yeah, probably actually probably to some extent. It's messing with a lot of things, isn't it? So mm-hmm. yeah. Oof. <sighs> Crazy. Okay. Okay. How are you doing? I'm okay. <laughs> Hanging in there. Very how's busy. The, how's yes, you are very busy. Mm-hmm. Very busy. Are you gaining are you gaining a lot with the class? Is it feel or does it feel like it's a lot of information kind of getting thrown at you? <laughs> Excuse me. It's not necessarily a lot of information. I'm learning a lot mm-hmm. and I'm really changing my thinking, which is good. I do feel anxiety around the idea of actually booking a high ticket client. And part of it's just because my question I'm trying to put my brain to task is how do I work through this program and not burn myself out at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's been, I've done that three or four times now where I've wanted something super badly and went at it a thousand miles an hour and like burnt out halfway through it because lack of boundaries, you know, things like that. So I'm trying to think, how can I make this work? Cause this is really important and I'm investing a lot of money into it. Right. How do I make this work the way I need it to work and yeah. not burn myself out? So, you know, if you have time, mm-hmm. I would go and, um, I would go and talk to John if you have time. Cause, uh, that's a really good kind of scenario to give to somebody who's been in it for mm-hmm. a long time and ha- and like went no to the ground because it was weird like he gave me advice of his advice to me was like you know when I came out of school and stuff mm-hmm. I really wanted it too mm-hmm. but the burnout was real mm-hmm. and yeah I just think it might be that's what those office hours are for. I will say, I really do like those office hours. Sometimes they're not helpful, but sometimes they are. Um, might be a yeah. good yeah. if you have a minute. 
when you have a minute. Um, yeah. I know he's got a bunch, he's got a bunch of office hours this month. So yeah, just hit yes. Just hit yes. And go sit <laughs> and ask a question. Cause like, um, you know, cause that is, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I worry about that too. Of Like I, my ability to get burnout is mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. really strong. And I have been burnt out before I'm gotten, I kind of can't afford to be physically burnt out again. Uh, Health couldn't take it. Mm -hmm. Um, Us sensitive types, we burn out very quickly. (laughs) Yeah, we burn out very quickly. And it then starts to manifest itself as like real, Mm -hmm. goes from mental burnout to like real health problems. And that's not, yeah, not where we want to be because we can't be good coaches and, and have that. So it's like there yeah. has to be some balancing act there. So I would I would talk to him or even um I don't know what Noelle's office hours are, but Noelle as well, because she's they've talked about it on their podcast mm-hmm. a few times about burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is good if you can go and ask that question. Yeah. They might have some insight. But yes, I yeah. I the feeling is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um I just question every day when I can quit my gross corporate day job. <laughs> yeah. Hey. You know, or challenge those priorities of I want to help people. I want to help people like you, of course. Um this mm-hmm. the, the words are hard. <laughs> Besides the coaching piece, like you want to do your own coaching practice, right? I really yeah. want to help people get out of corporate gross jobs where they have to have stupid discussions at five o'clock meetings <laughs> into yeah. something they really want to do, right? Because yeah. that's where my biggest pain point is, is I want to get out of this gross job I hate, which it's not, it's not too bad. The job in and of itself is not too bad, but it's just the environment. And it's the expectations, you know, it feels very performative. We've talked about this before, right? I got to pretend to be someone I'm not for people's opinions that are ill-informed and stupid, but (laughs) no, it's true. It's like, you're going through. Yeah. I think most of us are learning. It's like, we can do corporate America if we have to, but if it's a choice to not do it, most of right. us are going to choose to not do it. <laughs> right, right. Um, Most people don't want to do that. Yeah, I want to help people get out of a corporate job and do something they really love and want to do. I question for myself, how well can you lead people to do that if you're still working your stupid corporate job? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> right, and that's, it's doable for sure. And I don't necessarily need to market it that way if I'm here to help you quit your job. You know, I'm here to help you build something you love and want to do whatever that looks like until I'm ready to quit my job. But I'm feeling that burnout of that's 40 hours a week. And then I go do my coaching stuff and I'm already super tired from doing that. You know, falling asleep on the couch at eight 30 is like normal for me. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, and then yeah. I wake up and I'm still tired. Right. And so it's like, maybe I need to make a more drastic change if I do, when and how, and blah, blah, blah. I keep fighting with myself of, can I make it to February or my 401k vestment will go up just a little bit so I can keep more of that money Yeah. or is it not worth it and blah, blah, blah. So having more of those thoughts like that of how valuable would it be to have more time to devote to my coaching 
so that I could create that value and work with clients at a higher caliber, feeling like I can work with clients at a higher caliber because I deliver at a higher caliber. That's kind of that imposter thinking, imposter syndrome too. Of Some days it feels really great. Like, yeah, I'm badass. I could do this. And other days it's like, what the hell is wrong with me? (laughs) It goes up and down, right? Yeah, it does. (laughs) I don't even know how to do this. You know, it's like, yeah. (laughs) So just stuff like that, you know, normal stuff. It's normal. Just just the huge. (laughs) I, I feel that way too, though. Like I'm, I feel, I feel the guilt of not, you know, working 10 hour days and exactly, I know exactly what you mean. I'm waking up exhausted. I went back to sleep twice today. Why am I still tired? My dog's asleep. Yeah. Dog's lives are so hard. (laughs) Completely so messed (laughs) out right now. Um, but it is like, I feel the guilt of, I couldn't respond to any of the personal emails. I tried to reach out to people. Like I I posted something on Facebook to try to Mm -hmm. regain traction, to start the stuff up again. And then Mm -hmm. I couldn't manage it. And it's, it's like you, you end up thinking about all these other people are doing is like, but yeah, but there were also people when we worked in essentials, um, there are people in my cohort that were like, that dropped out of the course because they couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, they were really, that. yeah, we lost Essentials. two people. Yeah, we lost, I lost two yeah. people out of our cohort. I think it was just me and Shelly at the end. Yeah, I think it was just me. Oh, and in Shelley. Signature, you mean? Uh, no, in Essentials, our cohort just disintegrated. Um, like your like your smaller cohort? Yeah, oh, okay. our smaller cohort. So I'm like, I was there too. Oh, no, 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 no. Our small, <laughs> like the ones okay. that we were paired off into. Like, right. I, okay. Tracking, our smaller yeah. cohorts completely disintegrated. And it was yeah. just me and Shelly at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. Because people were like, life is getting in the way. And um, yeah, our time is so limited and so valuable. So it's like, how yeah. do you maximize your time without burning yeah. out at the same time, which things are more important, right? They talk about time is money, right? We want yeah. more money really. Cause we want more time freedom. Yeah. We, we want, want more... to make more money for time and financial freedom. So we can go where we want, when we want, take it easy when we want to. Yeah. It is kind of one of those things. And it's like, as much as like my environment with my family is toxic, but I also think about, I think about the, the, the pros and cons that go back and forth all the time, because I'm like, if I give myself more time in this toxic environment, as toxic as it is, there is a financial gain of, of holding out longer, but it's also like a, it's a freedom issue. It's a freedom Mm -hmm. issue. It's a time issue. Like this month, my parents have been gone. They're actually coming back from Ireland on Wednesday, but they've been gone this whole time. I've almost finished a book for the first Mm -hmm. time in about six years. Why? Because I've literally had every night by myself with the dog, got to read a chapter a night. I haven't gotten to do that in such a long time. So it's kind of like, that's the frustrating part about it. I know what the monetary gain is of holding out a little bit longer or a lot longer, but I also know of like Mm -hmm. not having all of that going on all the time and just being me and my dog Mm -hmm. really it helped me break up with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped put things in perspective. It helped because I got to go to bed earlier. 
because no people weren't up at all hours of night. So it's like, it is, there's like this real frustration of there's a lot of trade-offs. Yes. Um, And those kinds of things are the things that would come with if we're willing to be more comfortable with. Yeah. Having more debt or having tighter expenses. Yeah, having tighter expenses. Then you get those things that fill up your cup again so that you can serve other people a little bit better. So so there is, yeah, that's that is the truth of it. Um, I feel like I'm talking to myself. Because I feel parallels between your toxic environment with your parents and my toxic environment with my job. Your job, yeah. It's like maybe if I was willing to like be a little bit uncomfortable and take on more debt. I can yeah. focus more on things that matter. And at the end of the day, that's that's the choice you have to make though too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like right. I have to make that choice too. And it's, right. Um, we'll get there in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll I believe it. All right, Mitzi. I'm gonna go get a cup of coffee. You could also I, take a nap. I could take another nap, but I, I probably- do break, I haven't decided. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to feed my dog um, who's like out here, but has not had any food yet this morning. So I've got go a couple more pictures of my dog from last week. <laughs> there we go. I swear she doesn't look like this right now, but she did at some point last week. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so I sent it to messenger. <laughs> like a dog. Let's see. How all of us just want to be. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Financial freedom so I can sleep like this, like my yeah, dog. Sleep like, like nothing is wrong in the world. Yeah, that's right. Yes. yes. Dog's life. Yeah, my dog is like curled up Aww. like the, the paws and then everyone oh, oh. she stretches the paws just a little bit and like goes right back. it's She's just like, so adorable dogs it's, it's like I can't I tell my I tell Oreo that all the time I'm looking at it and I'm like how do I get anything done with your cute face around and then yep. you stretch and I'm like ah <laughs> that's right that's right and and they know it <laughs> yes they do they know they it do that little is stinkers <laughs> that's the thing you have to get used to about working from home because oh, I love it though. It's like there's so much more fun than my coworker. <laughs> I'll just watch you stretch and sleep all day. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Mine, mine is cute for a while and then she starts barking at me because she doesn't like that I'm working. So it's only cute for a minute. <laughs> um that's true. Yes. But it depends on your dog's temperament. Mine's just needy as fuck. <laughs> so she's honey's not much better. Yeah, she's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Anyway, right. let you go. go. Get your coffee and/or take a nap because you yeah. can't do both if you really want to. <laughs> uh, caffeine will not let me do both, so mm-hmm. it's got to be one or the other for uh, now. I must just be immune because I could probably finish my coffee and still go take a nap. I, you, you're like my dad. You guys are like, I guess, slow metabolizers of caffeine because I'm a fast metabolizer of caffeine, so it's like awake. Um, I think I'm just immune to it at this maybe. point. I saw this picture the other day that's like, it doesn't even affect me anymore. I just drink it to avoid the withdrawal headache. <laughs> yeah. My dad can drink six, six cup of coffee and go to sleep for eight hours. I'm like, I hate you. I can't do that. Me. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. Um, that, I mean, 
I know when I pick them up on Wednesday, I have to go to Starbucks because my dad's going to, the first thing my dad's going to say is I want a cup of coffee because all they've been having is tea. And uh, I'm yes. like, yep. Coffee it is. <laughs> it is. All right. All right. Okay. Well, let's have a Sunday. All right. Thanks. You too. Bye, I'll Lord. see you around. Bye.